You're listening to My Enneagram Life, episode number four. If you want happiness for an hour, take a nap. If you want happiness for a day, go fishing. If you want happiness for a year, inherit a fortune. If you want happiness for a lifetime, help somebody. Today we're talking all about the Enneagram type twos and how to find your purpose in serving others. P.S. If you don't already know this, twos are really good at this. So if you are not a two, listen up because we can learn from them. Hey, my name is Stephanie Smith, and I'm just your typical Enneagram 3, obsessed with becoming the best version of myself and teaching you everything I've learned along the way. I'll be your biggest hype girl to find your purpose, joy, and who you are through the Enneagram. Here we will cover how to apply the Enneagram to your life, real life stories of relationships through the Enneagram, and how to be the best you. I know life is super busy, but I truly believe that self-development starts with knowing who you are. So thanks for bringing me along for the ride. This is My Enneagram Life. So I find this in so many people's lives, that where there is a lack of service, there is a lack of purpose. Probably one of the most purposeless times in my life was right after I graduated college. I had applied for so many jobs with the airlines, and I wanted to be a flight attendant and never heard back. I just worked so hard to get my communications degree to give me a leg up in my application, you know, and worked so hard training myself to look for signs of sex trafficking. So when I became a flight attendant, I could jump full in and make a difference in the world. While I was still searching for a job, not knowing what to do with my life, all of my other friends were getting married, they were going on to further education, and they had already landed their dream job. And I was feeling like I was being left behind. And my life wasn't as far along as everyone else's, and I really felt like I had no purpose. So as much as I did not want to do this, ultimately I moved back to my parents' home for about two months. And let me tell you, these two months were hard. I had no purpose. I didn't have any responsibility. I had nowhere to be. I had nothing to do. I would wake up in the morning. I'd work out. I'd sit by the pool. I'd read a book and just hang out. And while this might sound nice at first, when you know that you're called to do something bigger with your life, it's only fun for a short time. And I remember crying and journaling and reading books, trying to figure out what I was supposed to do with my life. Has anyone else been there? Like no one really tells you how hard it is to find purpose in community and what the heck you're supposed to do with your life after you graduate college. So I sat in my parents' house doing nothing and desperate to find purpose. So my dad gives me this book and it's called The Purpose Driven Life. And I was like, this book better help me find purpose. It's in the title. And I can remember the exact place where I was when I read the first sentence of the book. I was standing by the pool I opened the book up and it said, it's not about you. Your purpose in life is to be what God made you to be. And he gave you the gifts and talents and abilities and background and experience and all these things to benefit other people, to be used for serving others. And then it kind of hit me. I was like, oh, okay. I hate what I'm doing with my life because I'm not using my gifts. I'm not using the background that I've went through, my talents to serve others. I'm freaking sitting at the pool, haven't lifted a finger or thought about anyone else in the last two months. I was so consumed with finding my purpose. I wasn't thinking of anyone but myself. 
Shortly after I realized that, I moved to California to work at a hotel. Duh, all customer service. It was perfect, just what I was looking for. And as much as I hated the hours, because, you know, hotels are open 24-7, 365 days out of the year, and the management was terrible, I was finally feeling like I had purpose again. It was my job to make sure that these customers had the best experience they have ever had. It was my job to make their day and serve them, and I fell in love with serving all over again. So for me, what gave me purpose was serving others. And this is where we can really learn this from twos, because many of you know twos are made for service. Their name is the helper because they are genuinely good people. Twos are most interested in the really, really good things of life, like love, closeness, sharing, family, friendship, connection is what they really long for. Because they long for these things, naturally they're very empathetic and they love serving others. When healthy, twos give without anything in return. And this is what we can really learn from twos here. But be aware and be careful when twos start becoming unhealthy, they can give with an expectation. But that's just something to be aware of. So when we're serving others, we want to serve without anything in return. At the same time, yes, you can find purpose in serving others. But I want to get this straight. I do not want you to think that your purpose of serving others equals your worth. When you are serving others, yes, it's good. And we are called to love and serve others. But your worth does not come from doing Your worth does not come from serving. Your worth comes from the Lord. And perhaps one of the biggest obstacles of the twos, threes, and fours, because they're in the heart triad, is their underlying center fear of worthlessness. So beneath the surface, all three types fear that they're without value in themselves. So they must be doing something. They must be serving. They must be doing something extraordinary to win and earn the love and acceptance of others. And while serving can take the focus off of yourself and give you a purpose, it is not where your worth is found. Just remember that. And oftentimes, our fear of doing wrong actually stops us from doing anything, which prevents us from serving anyone at all. So we can totally learn from the twos in their servant's heart. And here are five tangible steps that will help you serve well and really help you serve like a two. So the first one is going to be change your position of service. We can serve others well when we are actively taking the position of a servant. When we look at Jesus and see how he served, he continually humbled himself for the sake of others and switched places with people in the lowliest of positions. By positioning ourselves in this way, we force ourselves to leave our personal agenda, leave our feelings and our feelings of purposeless and evaluate and elevate the importance of each person that we're serving. Number two is going to be take time to listen. And it's so easy to assume that we know the best for everyone and we simply want to give them what they need, right? We kind of want to fix them, but oftentimes we skip this step of intentionally listening without trying to fix them. And if we skip this step, listening is actually going to be more of a good feeling that we get rather than actually serving them. It's easy to unconsciously view ourselves as a savior of those who we serve. Here's number three, care even when it costs you something. You know the blanket statement that we say when someone's in trouble or needs something, we say, let me know how I can help you. And we actually don't even think about what that might mean or if they might actually need something. And oftentimes this requires us to drop our own agenda 
understand us. And when we say this and somebody actually needs something of us, it may even stretch us beyond the point of where we think our gifts are. Here's number four, recognize you may not have the solution. When we truly listen to others' needs, sometimes it can be heavy. Of course we want to fix it and we want to be there for them, but rarely do we have the solution for them. So recognize that. So come into the situation in service rather than trying to fix them. Number five is allow yourself to be served. And this can be really hard for twos. So the twos that are listening, remind yourself to be served. You know, they want to serve, serve, serve. And one of the most difficult parts of a two is to really accept help. But when we look at Jesus, he allowed people to serve him all the time. When we allow ourselves to be influenced and changed by other people, the people we seek to serve, we create avenues of mutual respect and ultimately mutual change. So the next time you're feeling purposeless, serve. When have you ever felt bad about yourself when you are thinking and serving others? So another great part about serving others is that our brain can't actually have two cognitive thoughts at the same time. Even if you think you can multitask, your brain is actually switching back and forth between the two topics. And it takes an average of 23 minutes and 15 seconds to get back on the task that you are focused on. So if you shift your focus on others and get outside of yourself, it is so hard to feel sorry for yourself when you're actually not thinking of yourself. I want you to think of a time when you did something for someone else. It could be as small as smiling at someone and making their day. How did it make you feel after? I'm going to bet you probably felt pretty good. (laughs) For the past couple years, I've driven back and forth from Denver, an hour and a half commute multiple times a week. The construction is terrible. And do not even get me started on the rush hour in Denver. Oh my goodness, it is horrible. Anyway, I was driving back from Denver one day feeling so sorry for myself. I didn't have a good day. I was so frustrated with this traffic. It was going to take me so long to get home. I was at a standstill and I looked over into the oncoming traffic lane. They were also at a standstill, but you know, like when you're stuck in traffic, you kind of look into other people's cars. You're kind of curious what's going on because you're bored. You're just sitting there, right? You're hoping that nobody looks back at you because you don't want to make that awkward eye contact. Well, that's what I was doing. I looked over to the cars on the oncoming traffic lane. I made eye contact with someone and was kind of embarrassed to begin with. She was probably my same age and we both had the same face of, I am so tired of this. I'm sure you guys all know what that looks like. And as soon as we locked eyes, I smiled and then she smiled back and you could see that both of our entire physiology totally and completely changed in that second. Our eyes lit up, our shoulders went back, we held our heads up high, and we made eye contact smiling for probably a good five seconds. And you know, it sounds like five seconds is not a long time, but I want you to go ahead and smile at a stranger for five seconds and you'll see that it's a long time. (laughs) So the entire rest of the drive, I literally thought of that interaction and how much it made my day. And I kid you not, every single time I drive from Denver, I think of that girl who smiled at me. So you never know how you can change someone's day or even change your life with a smile or with your service. So the next time you're feeling sorry for yourself and having a lack of purpose, find somewhere you can serve and get out of yourself. Thanks for listening to my Enneagram life. If you liked this podcast, share it with a friend and follow me on Instagram at my Enneagram life. I can't wait to see you next week and keep working toward becoming the best version of yourself. 